God's design for marriage is found in Matthew chapter 19. Jesus said, at the beginning, the Creator made them male and female. For this reason, a man will leave his mother and father and be united to his wife, and the two will become one flesh. Welcome to By Design from American Family Radio. And you are listening to By Design. My name is Wesley Wildman. I am one of many hosts for By Design. It is a complete team effort here at AO4. We have come together uh, over a year ago and wanted to provide a radio program where we focus solely on marriage and family. And we have uh, different guests on throughout the time. Uh, A lot of them are on site. They are uh, employees, staff members that work in different departments. And we pick their brains on things they've learned and some of the experiences they have, and we share wisdom, and, and we share mistakes and failures, and we work through this together, and we want to provide some good content for you. Over the last couple of times that I've been on, I've always had a guest, and it was a different one every time, and that was because my wife, who is the co-host of By Design with me, uh, one of many, uh, she was absent, um, and I want her to explain herself to the audience on why she has not been a part of this program. You better It better be a good excuse because people asked about you when you weren't here. Well, my excuse was that I had our third baby. Okay, so that's a good one. I was one. out on maternity leave. Okay, that, that's acceptable. That's passable. Uh, no, seriously, you were out for uh, quite some time with that, the maternity leave. How is, for our audience, uh, wants to know how... Is everything with the newborn and you and the kids and everything? Of course, I know the answer to that. <laughs> Things are crazy but wonderful. <laughs> um, yes, Anna Wesley is now four months old, so we're okay. back in the swing of um, you know coming into work and mm-hmm. getting things done um, as well as at home. So we are just trying to juggle everything with three kids, as you know, and Mm -hmm. she's a sweet, wonderful blessing and a great addition to our family. And we're so thankful that God blessed us with her. So she's doing great. Yes. So as you mentioned, for our audience, we have three children. We have a six, three and and a newborn. Chelsea and I have been married for Eight going go- on nine years. Yeah, I was going to say yes. eight going on nine. I always like to round up, you know, something to look forward to. And we're excited about that. Uh, it's hard to believe that, though, Chelsea, that we've been married almost nine years or going on nine years. I wrote it in my calendar, <laughs> I don't know, a couple of days ago. I was planning out for the year of all the work events and birthdays in the family and <laughs> special occasions. And yeah. I went nine years. Yes. Wow. Yeah. So, yes. Well, good stuff. Well, in that nine years, we've learned a lot, haven't we? We have, and one of those um, with a six-year-old, a three-and-a-half-year-old, and a a newborn is how to be a biblically intentional parent. So that's what we're going to talk about today. Yes, and it was so much easier with one than two. (gasps) Just a little, (laughs) just a little. And then with two, it was, you know, it was totally doable. And then with three, it's still totally doable, but just a juggle. Um, We're always outnumbered, so we have found that... You know, one of us is always going to yeah. be taking care of at least two, if not three children. Yeah. So it's just more of a juggle. Uh, before we get into the questions and, and, the, and the main discussion, which is the being a biblically intentional parent, I'm having a, a flashback right now of when we had Bennett, our firstborn, and we had him for about two years before we found out we were pregnant with the third one and something like that. And just the 
With I mean, our second one, yes. Or, I'm you. sorry, with our second <laughs> one, yes. Thank you for the correction. Um, but just remembering how we just had, it, it seemed like we had hours and hours. It was just him. Mm-hmm. Um, lots of one-on-one time. Lots and lots of one-on-one time. So we now, as I mentioned earlier, we're three. We want to talk and spend the rest of this segment of this program on being a biblically intentional parent. So with that said, to get us started, I've got a couple questions for us I want us to walk through for our audience, Many of much of which will be very Hopefully, hopefully, very helpful to those that are listening. Um, so first one is this, Chels. Whose responsibility is it to teach children the differences between what is right and what is wrong? They're teachers. They're Sunday school teachers. No, I'm just yeah, kidding. Yeah, say, no, look. No, I'm just kidding. That is most definitely the parent's responsibility, and so we take full responsibility for that, and we take that really seriously in our house. Um, we want to teach them that, you know, everything, everything that we do has um, consequences, it has blessings. And so um, Bennett's kindergarten teacher actually started his new saying that I want to continue to um, incorporate into our children's everyday lives. And it's obedience brings blessings disobedience brings consequences Mm -hmm. and the bible shows us that um i believe that our parenting i want that as a reflection for our Mm -hmm. children the way that we interact with each other and so you know with our parenting style we like to just take little nuggets of wisdom from all of the wise people in our lives and one of his um teachers, his kindergarten teacher is definitely a wise, wise lady. So if you are listening, um, thank you so much for all you do, Amy, um, for <laughs> for Bennett. Yeah, um, sure. But sh- no, really, she is wonderful. And we, um, that has been a, a really great motto. Yeah. And also too, you had a little tongue in cheek there at the beginning, because the question that I asked is a semi rhetorical question for the Christian, you know, whose responsibility is it? Well, it's the parents, obviously. But I do think even as Christians at times, with the busyness of life and all the uh, entertainment that uh, is before us and all the fun activities and responsibilities, I do think that sometimes, uh, and I've seen this in other people's lives, my parents did a good job to not allow this to happen. But sometimes parents can begin to uh, give over more authority and more expectations on other people to um, teach or disciple or train their children than they should. Um, Obviously, I do believe that um, the uh, teachers, Sunday school teachers, nursery workers, pastors, youth pastors, uh, all those that have coaches, all those that have influence over children, I do believe um, that they should complement that which is being taught at the home but just to make a point before we move any further, Chelsea. They're not primary. They're not the primary. They're not the ultimate. Yes. And we agree on that. And that's what the scripture teaches. And so from there, we have a couple passages of scripture. So, well, we got a lot, but just a, just a couple to, to uh, make the point that we just said, and that is that the parents are the primary uh, ultimate teachers and responsibility of their children to teach them right from wrong. You got Deuteronomy chapter 6, verses 6 through 9. I'll pray, uh, paraphrase here because it's very, very popular passage of scripture, but it teaches us that we as parents, everywhere we go, whether we're talking, whether we're walking, whatever we're doing in our lives, that we should be using that time to disciple and to train our children in right from wrong. Now, before we move on to the next question and topic or area of discussion, I do want to mention that there are two potential listeners here that will fall on either side of what we talked about, one of which 
you have where a parent has done everything right, uh, to, according to the book. Not perfect, but they've done everything right. And, um, and unfortunately, they have a child or two that is wandered from the faith. And I just want to encourage you to not grow weary and doing what is right and to doing what's good and, and to dis- discipline or to disciple and obviously discipline too. But just to keep praying for your child who is a prodigal um, and also encourage other friends and families and church members of yours to pray for your child because there are so many testimonies of prodigals that have were taught right from wrong, were taught the scriptures, were discipled at an early age, had wandered from the faith from diff- for different reasons, and then uh, through prayer and patience and, and, and the persistence of a faithful parent, they have come back to faith. So if you're in that category, don't give up if you're listening and trust God with the results. Also, too, there's a, a good chance a potential listener that's listening now that um, have actually blown completely their opportunity and their responsibility to parent, whether for whatever reason, you know, they got in, they got in trouble with the law early on, or they just uh, weren't living a life to glorify God, or re- weren't even interested in being a good parent for a while, and now they are, and you're listening now. Well, I just want to say, look, you may have lost a couple years, maybe many years, to be that parent that God's called you to be, but don't waste any more. You and know, it's never too late to, to get involved in your child's life, for sure. Yeah, exactly. Well, if thank, you need a mend defense, make that phone call. Yeah, make that phone call. It's uh, you may, Like I said, you may have lost a couple years or a few, but you could. there's plenty and plenty of time left and to never give up. Uh, good point, Jesse. Well, look, the next uh, discussion I want to talk about a little bit is what are some things that could potentially get in the way of being a biblically intentional parent? I think for sure some of the things that that do get in our way at times, if we let them, um, are definitely just schedules, the busyness of life, work, school, church, you know, extracurricular activities. Yeah, just time, because sometimes I feel like our days are so run together with all of the monotony of every day, but taking Time. I know that we have noticed just taking five minutes apiece with Bennett and Landry and soon to be Anna Wesley when mm. she figures out some one-on-one yes. time um, and can talk and walk and all those things. Um, but just taking five minutes with each of them and really pouring into them and giving them one-on-one attention, mm. that has helped us to not get in the way of life's busyness. Mm -hmm. So I think just prioritizing our time is something that we have tried to do better at recently because with adding a new child, with adding a new sweet little blessing in Wesley, we want to um, continue to give Bennett and Landry that attention and show them that this is just a new way of life for our family. Yep. So being in a biblically intentional parent is not about making more time, but about prioritizing the time you've got. Exactly. Yes. And Proverbs 22, 6, of course, everyone knows this verse, uh, train up a child in the way that he should go. Even when he is old, he will not depart from it. Just walking through these biblically intentional times with our kids, especially at our children's ages, they are very impressionable. Mm-hmm. They are shaping their worldview, and they don't even know it at, at you know the young ages that they are. Bennett will come home with so much Bible knowledge from yeah. school, and we are so thankful for that. And you know it, him 
already putting practices into place. You know, Mama, is that a sin? You know, when I sin, I want to ask for forgiveness. Mm -hmm. You know, he was walking through that with me the other day, and I thought, wow, this is just, you know, of course he he knows these things, but putting them into practice, even being six years old, it has been really, really neat to see. So some things that we could do, we could be, be aware of that could potentially take away from being a biblically intentional parent, one thing I came up with is sometimes as Christians or just parents in general, we forget our primary role as parenting, that Mm -hmm. we're not created, we're not trying to create with them to be likable primarily. We're supposed to be more respected by them. And then over a period of time, as they get older, they will begin to love us. Because if you think about it, if our primary goal is to be liked by our kids, well, we're going to fail every day because we're the ones putting together the guidelines, the instructions, the rules that would protect them. And human nature as fallen uh, kids, as fallen people. We want to, we're bent toward doing things that we shouldn't do. Yeah, Landry, um, I I love our sweet little sassy, independent little girl. Um, She is a (laughs) ball of energy and I love her so much. But when she gets mad, when I tell her something that she does not like, mama, you are not my best friend anymore. (laughs) And I say, that's okay, baby, because I'm your mama. I'm not your best friend. Maybe one day we will be best friends, but right now I'm your mother and and you will respect me and we will do what mommy says because we want to keep you safe. So yeah, drawing that boundary of we can be friends later on, but right now I am given charge over you from God and I'm going to keep you safe and you're going to do the things that we say because we have your best interest at heart. That's so. exactly right. All well said, Chelsea. That's commandment number 11. <laughs> no, seriously, you're exactly right. And that's what I wanted. That was something that I, I came up with as I began to think about this question because I do see and I know and I understand the I understand the, the weighty and the heart behind wanting to make your kids happy okay oh, yeah. we, we want to make, make them, them happy. happy we want them to like us of course but sure. not yeah. at the expense of their raising and rearing and respect for us yes absolutely so what i believe is that in doing it the right way that what you'll see is they'll go from not liking you to loving you in the end mm-hmm. and i know that how much i can appreciate my parents sticking to it and doing discipline and training and, and discipling and encouraging me and loving me the way they should uh, throughout my uh, childhood to the point now where I look back and I'm grateful for all the things they've done for me. Oh, for sure. My parents now, I call my mom every day, sometimes yeah. multiple times a day. Yeah. And I know same thing with you. Yeah. Um, you know, we're in our 30s now mm. and now our parents are our best friends. Sure. We love to hang out with them, spend time with them, et cetera. But had they given into our every woe when sure. we were younger, that might not have turned out that way. That's exactly right. And so that's a good point. Um, also, let's move on to the next question. So what does it look like to parent biblically and intentionally? What does that look like? I've got a couple things. You may go first. Yeah, go for it. All right, I'll go first. So the first thing I think about is uh, the Matthew chapter 28, verses 16 and 20, where it's the Great Commission, and it says to disciple them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey uh, the Word of God. In that, when it says, um, as your the, the word there, there's a word in there that can be translated. When it says, uh, go, 
there at the beginning says, go and make disciples. Well, that word can be translated or is translated as you are going. So the point there is that this is not a classroom type setting, although that is helpful and instructional. The discipleship process is an ongoing thing that we do when we're at the convenience store, when we're at church, even though we're there to listen to the worship uh, or be a part of the worship team and be a part of the teaching, we're still discipling. And so uh, when we're in our car going from one activity to the next, the whole point there is that as we're going, we should be discipling our kids, and it's not a particular set location, which means we're going to be human and we're going to fail and make mistakes, and that's an opportunity to show our kids, our children, that we are and that that we can also repent, we can also ask for forgiveness and be an example of that as well. So discipling ship is something that we do along the way. I think that's one thing that will help us remind us that we're doing it intentionally. For sure. I can think of one huge big life event that is a perfect example of that and that was the morning that Bennett was saved and mm, yes. um, we were at church and we were going to partake of the Lord's Supper and Bennett had questions about that and you walked him through why you get to, you know, what that means, et cetera, the act of it, what what the semblance is and where we can find that in the Bible. And that prompted his sweet, kind little heart to accept Jesus. Mm-hmm. And it's not because he wanted to participate in um, the Lord's Supper, but it was because he knew that he needed to do that. Yeah. Well, so, it, yeah, it led to a series of questions yes. that ultimately got to the point where he understood and realized that he was a sinner and apart from Christ and, and apart from being reconciled to Christ, the Bible says you can't partake in the Lord's Supper. So while the Lord's Supper was one instance, it led to questions that ultimately him have him coming to the recognition of him being a sinner. And so, um, and then the, that time that he did get to partake in the Lord's Supper, yeah. the next, um, a couple the next, of times now. Yeah, yeah, it was just so neat to see that come full circle, <laughs> and it was a really, really sweet moment for him to look up and say, "I can do this, this now." Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, um, and but there were so many small things that that that, that led up to that point. That oh yeah, did so that. many conversations with both you and I, just driving in the car mostly. Yeah. you know, going from school mm-hmm. to activity to church, et cetera, and all of those led up to that moment, and it was, it was really neat. Some of the discipleship questions or conversations that come up, oftentimes for Bennett and I, that is. Our six-year-old came from listening to worship music, mm-hmm. and so we can't undervalue the importance of listening to Christian uh, worship music, uh, good content with your children, going from place to place. Because sometimes, even when you don't have, know what to say or, or or don't know how to begin a conversation, having worship music at an early age provides a lot of questions because they're saying things like, "God's the ultimate power." Well. Power? How do he lift weights? How does he lift weights? You know, I mean, you're, you're getting all kind of questions. So, listening to worship music is very important. Reading the Bible at night is something we do with our kids. We read one chapter a night, sometimes two, and um, we follow up with the reading of Scripture with a question from what we read. And so, within you want to keep it their age age range. You want to you want to keep it simple. I laugh because I look back, Chelsea, and I realize the questions that I've been asking our three year old. 
the last couple of weeks. Yeah, they're a little deep. I don't know. No, 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 no. <laughs> She's a smart, smart well, let me, girl. Well, but... let me take that back. You're right that they're deep, but the answer, if you've noticed, is always God. <laughs> So while I right. ask a deep question, I realize that I look back and after about three or four weeks, I'm like, I've given her questions in which the answer to every one of them is God. <laughs> so, God, Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So I, they are deep questions. Uh, however, I, they're they're easy answers. So uh, but no. Uh, so I, I just thought that was funny. I realized I was doing it. I wanted to, you know, give, give her some confidence. But uh Anyways, but it's important to do that, and I've enjoyed doing that, and we want to encourage you to be intentional about your parenting. Also, too, let me just break away here from what we're talking about to say go check out uh, our website, afa.net slash by design. That's afa.net slash by design. We have tons and tons of uh, short video resources. We have this radio program and other radio programs podcast there archived. We have a handful of articles there. And all of this content is geared toward helping you with your marriage, helping you with your fam- family, with parenting, all those things, because we believe that God's design for marriage will, uh, is the ultimate solution, is, is one of the ultimate solutions in restoring the uh, foundations, uh, the fabric of America, but also re- uh, restoring the church. And just his plans are much better than ours. And so we want to encourage you to go check that out. Just a couple of the articles that you'll find there are some of the topics that you'll listen to there is tips for blended families, how to prioritize your family schedule, the importance of date nights between spouses, um, in, um, in a, incorporating your children in ministry, all types of things like that. So go check out afa.net slash by design and you can find out more. Well, Chelsea, with the remaining time that we got left, I wanted to look at a few things that we've learned you and I now, now that I'm have the question here, we've covered a lot of this, but I want to talk about some things that we've learned that we that we have either learned or have been reminded of as we've parent along the way that we could share pass along to those that are listening. Yes, well, as I mentioned earlier um, in this segment, we have chosen to set aside five minutes a piece for Bennett and Landry. And when Anna Wesley's a few years old, then then we'll do that with her as well. She gets a lot of our time right yeah. now because she needs us a lot. She's still just a baby. But um, just set aside special time for Bennett and Landry. During that time, we can play with them, you know, read with them, color with them, whatever they want to do during that time. It just gives them a little bit of ownership in their day because so much of their day is dictated by schedules and, you know, school and sit up, you know, walk on the sidewalk and, you know, don't talk. This gives them just five minutes to to choose whatever they want to do with Mm -hmm. us. And it gives us really great time to pour into them, to give them some intentional, um, you know, instruction, talking, et cetera, and just fun time to be together. And we, I remember the first couple of nights that we started this, um, I was helping Landry with her, with her uh, bedtime routine. And she looked at me and said, mama, this special time with you today was just the best. It was the best part of my day. And man, I just wanted to well up in tears because that was so sweet to hear that just spending a few minutes just by herself with me 
was the favorite part of her day. Mm-hmm. So she has, we've just really seen her come alive during that time. And it has helped her throughout the day of her structured, you know, activity because our kids do need structure. They do need, you know, times where they are expected to do X, Y, and Z. But it is just so great to take those five minutes and set aside and really pour into them and get to see some of their creative fun side. So what would you say that, you know, you've kind of learned with Bennett? Yes, before I answer that, I put myself in the shoes of the listeners right now. And what I just heard from you is special time is just quality time, which is very, very, very good. But something there's are some things within that quality time that you and I have learned that would add to that. Um, and so I, I want you to go just a little further to help them understand what, when you're with Landry in that special time, what specifically are you trying? Because that is unique because in some sense you could say, well, I had time with her driving from one location to the oh, next. Oh, yeah. We this have, is we have Yes, we have time that I'm with just with Bennett, sure. that I'm just with Landry, going to an activity or yeah. picking up from school, et cetera. We talk, we learn, right. you know, we laugh, we play, whatever. But this is different in the fact that, like I mentioned, she gets to choose or he, um, you know, what they want to do. It mm-hmm. gives them some ownership of their day. It gives them special set-aside time that they know and look forward to every day at some point to get our undivided attention. We're not on our phones. We're not answering a work email or a text message from family or friends. We're not watching TV. This is time that we just give to them. So that's why that would be different. And we clean up after them because we want... For this situation. Yes, for this situation at this time, a lot of the other times when they play with items, put it back in your room, clean up your room, et cetera. But during this, we just want it to be fun. So they don't have to do anything. We don't ask a lot of questions. These are just things that our kids have started to thrive on. Mm. One thing I've seen, and I've seen you do really well during your special time, or able to hear you in the next room, is you uh, do a lot of uh, recognition of what they're doing. So you're, you're recognizing them and a lot of encouragement. Yes, so, encouragement is huge. Words of affirmation. Mm-hmm. Bennett, I've heard you do that really well yeah. with him. He loves and thrives on hearing why we are pleased with him mm-hmm. or this would make God so happy. Yeah, you sure. know, this Absolutely. this makes mommy and daddy so happy because you're doing X, Y, Z. And then throughout the day when he makes those positive um, decisions and choices, then we can affirm that again. So, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, I think encouraging, praising, building up, those are all great. Yeah, absolutely. Yes, and um, and actually— um, You have a Bible verse for us? Yes. Um, Fathers, do not provoke your children lest they become discouraged. You know, that's Colossians 3.21. Um, sometimes we do. We are not perfect. Oh, my goodness. We will— lose our temper. We will, you know, get a little impatient and short with our kids. And that is a great reminder. You know, when we do that, they do become discouraged. And I've seen both of them do that. So when we encourage them, they're just going to do better. That's a perfect segue into, for me, answering the question as well. And just to remind us as we come to closing, that is that kids are fallen sinners and they're in need of transformation of the Holy Spirit, just as we are. And so the importance of reading God's word and remembering that they are in need of us as parents to be the ultimate discipler in their lives and to be the ultimate guide to point them in the right direction is very, very important. 
And we need to remember that every day. Uh, we are just in a very similar position as they are. We have the Word of God to help point them in the right direction, and so we need to do that. Chelsea, it has been a pleasure to have you back on. I feel Thank like you. you are more than just a co-host. I feel like I, I was amputated there for a little while, needed you back, so <laughs> I'm glad to have you. It's been good to be back, and your most important disciples are sitting around your kitchen table. Yeah. So just let that sink in, and you well, guys have a great week. Great job. Well, thank you for listening to By Design on American Family Radio. You can check out more at afa.net slash by design.